everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of the Cinefessions podcast. I am one of your three hosts. My name's Brandon Schauen. We have Ash Collins and Chris Ranson. And Chris, this being episode 21, I was really hoping you were going to show up drunk to it. And I'm a little disappointed that you're sober tonight. Uh, I, did, I didn't even think of it. I had an <laughs> awful day at work. So oh, gotcha. I was like, ah. <laughs> I told like a few episodes ago, I was thinking to myself, man, we all three of us had to be drunk for episode 21. It would just be perfect. And then I completely forgot about it. And then I remembered, wait, I work on Fridays, so that's not going to happen anyway. But yeah, oh, and I don't drink. So right. Yeah. And I, I knew that as well. <laughs> but just, just take some of your wife's pills. It's the equivalent. There you go. Right. Right. <laughs> it is. Oh, man. I would take some and drink and then be awesome. <laughs> and then be awesome. <laughs> oh, very good. So, Ash, what'd you do this week? Uh, well, obviously, Sense8, but I did. Uh, I caught The Exorcist before they pulled it off of Netflix. Very for good. My 70s, uh, my 70s films. So I reviewed that one first. Awesome. Then I watched The Omen, like, directly after that. Okay. Wow, there was a night and day difference in filmmaking there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Omen wasn't bad, but it was just not even close to like I'd never actually seen the original Omen before. I haven't either. I haven't yeah. seen the new one either, but um, it was just a night and day difference in mm-hmm. style of filmmaking, the kind of film that they were trying to tell, and so on and so forth. But they they used a lot of the similar techniques, mm-hmm. uh, like storytelling wise. So it was kind of interesting. No. For The Exorcist, which version was on Netflix? Was it like the director's cut? No, it the... was the original, the original okay. one that they that they put out. Which I actually I'd seen the director's cut that they put out back in what, 2002, 2003, something like that. No idea. Um, but I I saw it in the theater with uh, with my wife, and mm-hmm. and I didn't like that one as much. It felt a little slower. But that's uh, the version that has her walking down the stairs, like crab walking down the stairs. I feel like that's an yeah. essential scene. That's it's why not like really that an essential scene. Um, scare wise, it is. Scare wise, it is. But I mean, if you're going for, but I mean, uh, Exorcist is more of a a slow burn film anyway. Up until a lot of the stuff happens toward the end of the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, and the the crab walk scene or the stair walk scene happens much earlier in the director's cut. Yeah, and that was part of the reason he cut it actually originally when they released the film was um a they couldn't edit out the wires um. <laughs> Uh, but they did it digitally for the director's cut, but then mm-hmm. B, it was placed where it happens in the film at too early in Reagan's deterioration for mm-hmm. something like that to happen type of thing. And it's, it's there as a great shock value, but then it just kind of things go more low key again right after that. So it's kind of, eh, it, it works, but it doesn't work. The other thing they added in the director's cut is like the, uh, visions of the devil, that pop up randomly throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like that as much, but I do like the crab boxing just cause it's like crazy. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I liked the, um, I liked the theatrical cut. I mean, that's the one I grew up watching. So, Oh, okay. I think the first one I watched was the director's cut cause I hadn't seen the film. I never saw this one before that came out. I don't think so. That's, I didn't realize that that was like not the theatrical cut for the longest time. Yeah. But um, what else? Yeah, um, so yeah, the Omen, and then um, uh, more since eight, and they put uh, I'm getting caught up with Once Upon a Time. But I'm looking forward this week to American Horror Story Freak Show because I haven't watched that yet. So. Oh, okay. Wait, does that mean that um, American Horror Story Hotel is coming out this week? Uh, the seventh, I think, is when Hotel starts airing. Of October, right? Yeah. 
Nice. I got to make sure to record that because I really want to see that one. I haven't I haven't seen any of the series yet, but I really want to see Hotel. And I know you can watch them without like you can watch it any order of the seasons basically without it affecting it. So, well, no, no, <laughs> no. OK, why is that? They're you all separate stories. No, they're not. That's what everybody on planet Earth has told me this. What are you talking about? No, because in Freak Show, they reveal the connections to two. Oh. In Hotel, it reveals the connections to one. Well, I don't give a fuck. I'm still watching Hotel without watching the rest of the series because I really want to see it. Yeah, I, I think they would work as standalones, too. I don't. I don't. Yeah. That's just. I'm, that I, literally every other person I've talked to has said that. I'm I'm shocked by hearing this from Chris because I've I've never heard that before. So, yep. but I haven't connected. seen Freak Show either. So, yeah. Hmm. Um. Excellent. Anything else this week, Ash? Um. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been working on some of my Star Wars characters, in Star Wars horror, because the expansion comes out later this month. Now, is that for what is that exactly? What do you mean working on? Uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic is a, is a Bioware's MMO. Oh, okay. I didn't um, for your but okay. they've been uh, since May, and I've been kind of on and off with it. Um, they've made it so that if you're subscribing, you can level up your characters just playing through the class story, so you don't have to do all the extra planet bullshit hmm. uh, to level up. Um, you can just level up just going through their class stories and get to the, the end game. Um, do you have to pay monthly for that? You, they have a free to play version. Um, it's limited. I mean, oh. it's you can access all the content that you can get into all the content but like it's it's better if you at least spend a little bit of money to unlock some of the stuff um just because it, it's easier to use mm-hmm. some of the stuff uh and they lock down like some like you can play through like the story content fine but like the pvp stuff and stuff like that is locked down you have to pay for access to that but the subscription unlocks like a whole bunch of extra stuff that just makes it easier to play okay um but uh yeah, they the new they have a new expansion coming out that like is a finally finally a proper continuation to what we'd gotten before. So I'm looking cool. forward to that. That's awesome. But yeah, so I've been working on leveling up my characters because they I took some time off and then I picked it back up again. So okay. Hey, have you continued on to your Madden franchise at all? <laughs> um, I I played through the Bills one. Oh, you mean the the Bills the the Bills one I'd started way back when? Yeah. Uh, I beat that one. Um, okay. I actually made it to the Super Bowl and everything. Uh, awesome. Faced the Seahawks Super Bowl and beat them. So good shit. Yeah, I was I was happy with that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I actually uh, a lot of people were all surprised. Tyrod Taylor, the the new Bills new quarterback, is playing as good as he is, and I'm like, haha, I knew he would because of Madden. <laughs> that's awesome he's uh, i was looking on my fantasy this week and he scored an obscene amount of points for for i think it was my, i don't know who picked him but one of my uh one of the teams in there who has him on there he scored a crazy amount of points i was like damn good for him yeah he's doing really well mm-hmm. uh, so i know well obviously it's only three games into the season and they might right. figure out ways to stop him mm-hmm. i mean patriots did kind of but yeah they still had a chance at the end of that patriots game though yes they did yeah, yeah Patriots the Patriots have screwed themselves by trying to run up the score. Yeah, exactly. But the Patriots have just been fucking owning everybody. Yes. Like, I, think, I, I think they're going to do it all season long. I, I think know. it's, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, they just put that long. chip on their shoulder and fucking that's when Brady's at his best. And, and that's exactly what they did after Spygate. After mm-hmm. Spygate, the season that they went right. undefeated. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Excellent. All right. And what about you, Chris? What did you end up doing this week? Uh, I did go see Green Inferno and hated it. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and I got the, anyone that doesn't follow me on Twitter, I, I experienced a dude bro thing, which is <laughs> something that I think everyone should experience once. So these two guys came in and, you know, they don't want to be confused for gay men. So they have to sit with one seat empty between them. I used to do that all the time, though, just because I'm a big guy. I don't do it anymore. But especially no. when I was in high school, it happened all the time. They might have weighed like 160 pounds. Each. <laughs> and by the end, there were six of them with a chair in between all of them. So they took up like a whole row, basically. And they talk like the whole movie. And of course, there's an empty seat between you. So you have to speak up a little louder to reach the other person. Yep. But a preview came on for the new Frankenstein movie. And the one guy turns to his friend and just like, Oh man, if I was Frankenstein, I would make her a girl so I could fuck her and play with her tits. And I'm like, this, this is it right here. <laughs> you found it. You finally found it. You've been talking about that for a while now, and you finally yeah. saw it. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. That is the straight male American. That is what will be running our country in the next 20 years. Oh man. So, woohoo. <laughs> wait. <laughs> Oh, Great. Boy. And then um, I beat the Skylanders. Yeah, that's awesome. How long did it take you to beat? How many hours? Uh, I didn't really look at it. It was well okay. over 10. Okay. I mean, longer than Disney Infinity with all of its expansions. Mm-hmm. So, it's about 23 um, bucks an hour for you. It's not bad. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. But I have a lot more content to do. Yeah. Still, like I didn't touch like the racing portion at all. So I have okay. all those courses and tracks to get through and technically you've only played the ps4 one right you haven't even, you haven't played the other two that you I, well i touched the 3ds one okay because the amiibo skylander so bowser and donkey kong only work in the nintendo version mm. so i'm keeping the 3ds version okay just for that and what's cool is once you unlock it it unlocks it in the game so you don't need to like use the portal you don't have to put the figure on there it's just mm. automatically unlocked that's cool. So that saves some time. But actually, I put the Wii U version with the pad on Amazon for like 55 Okay. And, and I sold it. So Nice. How much did you pay for it? Uh, for the Wii U, because it was the Dark Edition, 75 Okay. That's not bad. So I got the Dark Figures and the exclusive, I think it was Donkey Kong. Oh, okay. Which goes for about 35 online. Nice. After Amazon takes it's like ten dollars in fees, right? But still, I mean, I recouped most of it. I can sell the figure because then it gave me duplicates of the figures from the PS4 version. So I have those that either trade in at GameStop or mm. whatever. Did you buy a couple more amiibos, just like random amiibos, the other day? Well, so amiibo getting so mm-hmm. I, I don't do the amiibo thing. Yeah, but that's what I, I thought. Love RPG, I like RPGs and I like my Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So I do get those. Oh, that man. and I found the Dr. Mario one kind of sexy, and that's really weird and creepy. But <laughs> but so I had to buy that one because I was like, I like this figure. Oh man! But um, so I didn't buy any of the Pokemon at first because Lucario was a Toys R Us exclusive, mm. and some cunt ball hell like bought all forty seven that my Toys R Us had got. Oh my god! What? How, how do they even allow that? Holy shit! So then it, it's been sold out. They never replenished it. So then oh. thanks to Twitter and all of that and some stupid podcasts that I won't even name drop them because they're dicks. 
Um, but they're kid friendly, so hey, they post when <laughs> shit is being like restocked. So the amiibos leak. Like I don't know, some distribution center is being like nine hundred of something at Best Buy. Hmm. Like next week, like nine hundred Marth. Oh, so I'll be okay. scoping that out because I need to get my Fire Emblem figures. But <laughs> Lucario is coming in, and Toys R Us is on my way home. Like literally, I just oh. make a right, and it's right there, it's right off the road. Gotcha. So I stopped in every day. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, no, it's really gonna happen. I swear. <laughs> Not crazy. Oh. And like, other customers would hear me and like linger behind me as I'm talking about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. go away. This is mine. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> and um, so finally, they're like, well, our shipment usually comes after five. I'm like, well, I'm gonna stop in anyways. Cause I feel like I don't wanna be that person that calls every day at like five. Yeah, you wanna be the person who shows up every day at four. 12.30. Okay, I'm sorry. 12, 12.45. <laughs> I'd rather show up because, you know, I can go. I don't have to always speak to them. I don't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, nothing sucks more than, like, getting a call. No, our fucking Amiibos haven't come in. But yeah. So Wednesday, it was raining, and we had trivia. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's stop at the Toys R Us that's on the way. Because, you know, it's on the way. So it's a little off. But, I mean, I haven't been there. I thought, ooh, maybe they'll have, like, a Skylander I missed because mm-hmm. I'm an addict. <laughs> and I have a friend in California who needed the Fox, which was also part of this. Okay. So I was like, all right. So I went in and I asked. And they're like, oh, well, our shipment just came. And they were like the friendliest people I've ever dealt with. There was no, they just jumped right to it. They're like, oh, it's these. They open it. First box was Lucario. Second box was Fox. I'm like, fuck yeah, we're done. Paid and out I went. Well, there you go. You got the night shift as opposed to the afternoon shift. Yeah. They know what they're doing. So I was like, just give me your names so I can fill out the little survey thing, which I still need to do. Yeah. But yeah, so I got my Lucario. So now I, now I need to pick up Pikachu. And then I need the three Fire Emblem characters. Okay. They, they unlock stuff in the new Fire Emblem game. Oh. But I don't have a new 3DS, so I don't know why I'm bothering, because <laughs> I can't unlock it, and I'm not going to buy a new 3DS. Do you have to have the, the quote? Do you have to have the new 3DS, 3DS for the Fire Emblem? No, you have to have it to use the Amiibos. Oh. Because the Amiibos don't work on the 3DS. They only work on the new 3DS. How stupid. And fuck that shit. Right. So I need those. And then Mewtwo is coming out. Oh, really? November. Yeah. I remember when I was collecting Pokemon cards, like w- when it was the original, you know, mm-hmm. that was like the one to get was Mewtwo. Yeah. So I'm going to grab that. And that's it. So there's four more I need. Five, because I need Pikachu. So just five. And I mean, they're always on sale. And Pikachu isn't like rare or anything as common as like gonorrhea. So (laughs) no big deal. I assume that's common. I'm pretty sure it is. Like they have like, I think there's like 80 separate strains. Maybe that's chlamydia. One of them has like 87 different strains. The knowledge people can gain by listening to this podcast is truly mind-blowing. There's actually somebody who went and tried to contract all 87. Now, dear so God. Why would so they... then you would be immune to all of them. So you could do whatever you wanted, you know, quote wow. unquote. People are strange. Mm-hmm. So, and then Redbox had free rentals for video yeah. games. Week, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll just rent Batman Arkham Knight so I can suffer through the rest of that. <laughs> and, oh, like it was, it, it's decent up mm-hmm. until the third act. And then just the plot falls apart. It's all vehicle shit. And I'm like, this is just terrible. Yeah. Like, I was getting frustrated because, like, something happens and basically fog fills the city. So you can't really see. 
and it's a Uh-oh. tan fog. And then you're fighting like some super tank that kills you in one hit. But you have to sneak up on it and then shoot its four weak spots. But each time you shoot it, it like automatically sinks on you. So then you have to travel through these like tiny little Chinatown like alleys to get out of its view. Hmm. But you can't see anything. And I experienced the camera kept zooming in and out, in and out. And I just, I couldn't see anything at all. It was about two hours of me screaming at the TV. Because <laughs> I'm like, I can't see anything. Like, the camera's up my ass. It's out. It's like, I was, like, everything got blurry. I feel sorry for, like, the, I had, like, four people watching the stream. And I don't even oh. know what they were seeing. <laughs> but I finally beat it. And, you know, I was right with who I thought the Arkham Knight was going to be. Because it was blatant. Mm. And yeah, you know, know, I think where I stopped playing it because you were asking me for how long I played, and I couldn't remember. But I think now you're talking about. I feel like it was a car mission that made me stop, like put it down that day, and I've never gotten back to it since. And with what you're saying, I feel like I would get more out of it if I sold it now as opposed to just holding on to it. Because I'm not gonna, I don't enjoy the car mission, so I'm not gonna finish it. Like that's not gonna happen. And so I might as well just get rid of it now and get more money for it than if I hold on to it for another. Three months. Pop it in. Try the vehicle stuff. Just do the missions. I mean, you'll hit awful. Yeah. I mean, it controls fine in tank form. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, like, driving, it doesn't work. So you find it's faster to switch into tank mode, to spin around. And it's just weird. It's just Hmm. horrible. Like, I found it faster and easier for me to just grapple and fly through the city. (laughs) Gotcha. And um, Which is... How the older other ones were anyway. <laughs> right. I, I reached a point in this where I was like, I would rather replay Batman and Robin on the PlayStation 1. Never played that one. It was, imagine driving through fog. Because mm-hmm. basically it recreated like Ark or Gotham. But it, it was, it couldn't handle it. So it was just fog. Oh. Everything was fog and it just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus, awesome. I mean, it's Batman and Robin. It's based off the movie. So I mean. Uh, right. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was destined to be terrible. <laughs> but um, I think that's all I've played. I'm behind on shows, so I didn't like watch Scream Queens this week. Oh, okay. Watch Survivor, and it was pretty good. And next week, there there are this this was the second episode, and they're already breaking the teams up next week. Oh wow! Like they're they're breaking them all up into three teams instead of like I'm like that's crazy. <laughs> but I think it's because something happened this week mm-hmm. that upset the game flow chart because i'm sure the way they because obviously they have to make sure the show's entertaining yeah so exactly i'm sure they have like contingency plans set in place like oh right x person gets voted off we're gonna have to veer this way yeah i mean they've been doing it for 30 seasons you said right so i mean yeah they're experts yeah i mean you have to it's clear that they're gonna get guided a little and i mean the tribe building is usually random because like each person draws something out of a hat. Mm-hmm. But it just shifts it all to make sure that certain other players have a stronger chance. I mean, you can't stop like a complete blindside from happening. Mm-hmm. They happen. And it, it probably would have happened this week, but there's some girl from Brazil and she's all like, you a cunt and this is what we're doing. So you <laughs> fucked. Like, okay, then. <laughs> all right. Just laid it out. Mm-hmm. And it basically played out just like that. But the interesting thing is, because Jeff always baits them during the tribal council, and it turns out like the two people that had the chance of going home, because this is all returning players, yeah, like people who almost made it, and they were all voted in by fans. 
the two people who were basically on a chopping block this week were in reverse roles of how they were in their original seasons. Mm. Like the original seasons, they were the underdogs. They were this, this, they, it was horrible and then they had to build up and like every scenario that like defined their moment just got reversed and they became the bad person. Like it was just interesting to see it <laughs> just completely flip that way <laughs> and them not realizing it until like Jeff just throws it in their face. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, bitch, take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I've been reading The Martian, so I'm going to see it. I don't know if I want to see it before I finish the book because I still have like 140 pages. Do you like it? it? It's interesting. Yeah. But there's a lot of fluff to make it okay. last. So, so like something always has to happen. Mm-hmm. Like things seem great and then something happens and it's all better and something happens and it's all better and something happens. Yeah. So wash, rinse, and eat. So after four bouts of it, I'm kind of like... Well, I, for, I got the impression uh, from... Because I, I read... I read the non-spoiler um, scientist review of it. You know, here uh, or an actual like NASA engineer or somebody involved with like JPL had seen the film, and they're like, "Yeah, some things are not accurate, and some things are." And they're, the one thing that they mentioned was that the uh, they gloss over a lot of the science in the book. Like it's in the movie, but. Like, I guess they go into a lot of, like, the calculations and stuff like that and how things would work in the book, and right. that just wouldn't work in a film. So they, they, I think they probably trim a lot of that down yeah. for the film, too. So, Well, the entire book is written in a, well, not the entire, most of the book is written in a, like, blog, a verbal blog. So mm-hmm. He's recording his blog. It's like voice recording, soul, which is day, which isn't quite a full birthday. It's a little shorter, mm. or maybe it's a little longer. It's one or the other. <laughs> and so then, like, it lists like what day he's on, and it's like, "Yo, dog, I did this today," and takes everything down. And then it like jumps to Earth, like what they're doing. Oh, okay. So it doesn't stick with him the whole time. No. Nah. Hmm. So okay. I mean, it's interesting, but yeah, I I don't think it's like the holy grail of like science fiction books. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's filled with like little pulp culture references, like basically everything else. Yeah. Anymore. So, but it's all right. And the new Star Wars playset came out for Disney Infinity 3.0. So I dropped another hundred dollars there to get all the figures and playset. Nice. Haven't had time to play it. That's the one you don't like, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I might like this one. I haven't played it yet, so I can't judge it. Gotcha. But the figures are ugly. Yeah. They look like little kid versions of like the the characters you know. <laughs> like they, they see they. They they, they they look to me like the the Star Wars Rebels versions of the characters. Yeah, that's and what I, I thought. And I like the Rebels artwork, so I'm kind of used to that already. I thought they looked. I I mind you, I'm looking at a picture on you know Twitter, but what somebody posted, I thought they looked good. That's not up close though. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, but I'll play that eventually. I'll probably play it tomorrow. I mean, it's only three hours, so I mean, right? Hur- hurricane party weekend, so woo woo. I'm gonna be just drinking anyways because I have Saturday off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm off Saturday and then Monday. That's and then random. The hurricane's supposed to hit, like, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so we might be close. at the call emergency weather phone number to find out. Oh. I might have, like, a three-day weekend. But I just have to return it by, like, Tuesday or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not really concerned. Right. Again, it's so short. Like, it's shorter than most movies. <laughs> but uh, I think that's it. I... Okay. Awesome. 
yeah, I didn't really do much this week. Uh, I didn't do any um, purchasing really because I did a or of movies anyway because I purchased uh, thanks to Ash's help a new laptop which I really really enjoy. Um, it's an Asus. It's technically a gaming laptop. Chris or Ash also said it could you know be considered a desktop replacement, um, which I hope for it to do. I was hoping to record tonight's podcast on it, but I decided to not try to go through all of that yet. And I'll screw with it throughout the week and get that hooked up. But um, it's awesome. It's great. I like it a lot so far. Um, I spent a lot on it in hopes that it will last me a while. Um, and so we'll see. Time will tell. But so far, so good. Um, I watched Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Have you guys seen this movie from the 90s? Yes. The, the third one in the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series. And uh, that I used to love that movie as a kid. And it's just, it's so wonderfully 90s bad. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch again, but it's just, it's not a great film. And Bridget pointed out, because like the series, quote unquote, because you have Honey, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and then Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, or something along those lines, where he makes the baby big, and then Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. But the continuity in the series doesn't exist. Like they they have different amounts of kids, the the kids change who's older and who's younger and all this other shit. And I thought that was interesting. I never really thought of it before, but the series has no continuity whatsoever, even though they try to, they try to tie it in with some dialogue, but it doesn't work. Did you ever see the TV show? No. Uh, it was pretty good. Really? Yeah. What? What's that called? Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. yeah. The TV oh, show. okay. The TV show. <laughs> Is it animated or live action? No, live action. Yeah. Wow. How long ago was this on? It was around, it was like the right after the the last movie I think but it doesn't have any of the actors from the film in it. Oh, okay. I don't think all new all new actors. Gotcha. I'll have to try to track that down somehow. That's interesting. Since you brought that up, yeah. Um, now they've been talking about a lot of the people have been flipping out over Disney uh, taking out chunks of their theme parks to put Star Wars rides in. Um, but it got me thinking about the one time I'd been down to Disney World. Um, and this was back when Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was huge. Uh, and I was, because uh, it was like 91 or 92. Okay. So it was a while ago. But I was in like seventh grade. Um, but uh, we, I was, the big thing for me was Star Tours and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which which is why I'm like kind of like, you know, they've had Star Wars stuff in their parks for a long freaking time. You guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, you brought up Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And they used to have at the MGM Studios, they had like a tour uh, that you could go around and uh, and basically like there was like behind the scenes stuff like they had the old snow speeder props from Star- um, Empire Strikes Back and a couple other things like around. Um, but I remember um, my sister and my cousin both got picked for this and which was hysterical because we had, I had no idea what was going on at the time. Um, but uh, basically had this giant ant prop from <laughs> Honey I Shrunk the Kids and they put my cousin and my sister on it and they were supposed and it was no it was a bee prop it was the bee oh, so okay. they had to ride the bee and then they <laughs> they green screened in the actual like flying footage of the bee and wow. so they were having to act on the bee it was hysterical if I remember that yeah that's but yeah awesome. that, that just reminded me of that <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool we went to when we were in um Los Angeles this couple weeks back or whatever uh, we went to Universal Studios and they did like a special effects one of the shows one of the spe- was their special effects and so they would have like volunteers come up on stage and you know put them in a prop whatever or the a set whatever it was and have the green screen go back behind them and and play it as if it was a movie it was really cool how it how they did it so easily and so uh, seamlessly it was awesome 
Now, did you ride the Simpsons ride? I think I saw you. Yeah, yeah. We Bridget loved that one. We went on that one a couple of times. So, so cool. What, what, what blows my mind most about Universal is the the technical prowess behind all of it is just mind blowing to me. Like it was awesome, but. A lot of it is not true roller coasters. It's going to be the you know simulated roller coasters, which is why technically they're so amazing to me, um, and I really enjoyed them a lot. Uh, but they're not for the you know those seeking those those big thrill rides, obviously. And if I had a hundred dollars to spend on a ticket when I go back down there, it's going to be put toward Disney Disneyland as opposed to Universal, just because I uh, feel like I had a fuller experience at Disneyland than than Universal, even though I really enjoyed Universal as well. Did you try the Jurassic Park ride? That was one, the only one we didn't go on because Bridget what? didn't want to get wet, and so and they were oh getting fucking gosh. soaked. God. See, I'm I I I would do Universal because I haven't done gone to Universal before. Yeah, and um, my wife really wanted to see the uh, if we ever actually do it when we go on one of our cruises, mm-hmm. we'll stop by there on the way back. But um, yeah, we were supposed to one year and she got sick, but uh, mm-hmm. the Beetlejuice there they had a Beetlejuice show there. Oh, and I, okay. I think it's still running in the one in Florida, but it's not in the one in California. Which right. Is yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we want to see that. But I definitely want to do the Jurassic Park ride. I think they have a Back to the Future in Florida that they don't have in California. Also, I thought they pulled it out of both of them. Oh, did they? Or, like, that could. Or be maybe true. they maybe they only pulled it out of one. I don't know. Okay. The one in Florida seems to keep stuff longer, and yeah. they get it later anyway. So they like I went on the Transformers ride, which is another simulated one. It was really cool. Um. And there was a Minions one, uh, Despicable Me, Minions, um, The Simpsons, and the, we saw all four sh- We did everything except the Jurassic Park, right? So we saw all, all four shows as well. And there was this one that was very Mad Max, like post-apocalyptic one. It was like called Waterworld. It was it's based just, on the movie Waterworld. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I've not, I've not, I don't, are you being serious or are you joking? Yeah, it's really. Big. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Well, it's really good. So I'm going to watch Waterworld now. Kevin Costner. Right? Uh, yeah, that was a Kevin Costner movie. Yeah. It's, but, it has some good moments, but yeah. for the most part, Waterworld is kind of, yeah. Yeah. But, so you'll love it. Don't worry. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, but um, got a little off track there. I don't even remember what I was talking about. But Oh, Ash. Okay, so... I ha- I now have a gaming laptop. So as someone who doesn't game on their PC, what is something that you would recommend I purchase on my for for my for my new gaming laptop? Um, let's start by downloading Steam and and maybe Origin. You know um, what? I I I have Steam on my PC, and I think it got compromised. Like my account, I think I'm gonna have to make a new account or something because like people from all over the world have been trying to hack into it, which makes no sense to me because I have nothing on there. Like I don't know why anyone would try to get my information because there's nothing in it but yeah yeah. i'd start with that and probably gog um as like the stores to buy from okay Um, just because that's most places most companies put their games up and steam always has sales right like all the time yeah just make a wish list and steam will let you know hey this game you want is for sale oh that's cool stuff like that so um but uh i i don't know um the mass effect games are pretty good on on pc um, but you like sports stuff, so I was thinking I, shooters for yeah. PC because I like you know I have Mass Effect there. Borderlands uh, is a good option because I don't own that on any of my systems. Yeah, uh, probably Borderlands two and and the pre sequel. Um, Borderlands there, is okay, but do I have you, to have played the first one to understand the second one? 
there are characters from it, but no, they they do a good job of bringing you up to speed on what's going on because it's you're getting dropped in a whole totally different situation with a whole new set of characters. Okay, so it's got to go on my wish list then. That's a good one to start with. Awesome. Saints Row. Saints Row is fun. Okay, um, but they have that on console too. So right, exactly. That's like anything I was, I was noticing. Like virtually anything that I was thinking, oh, that'd be a fun game. I could have, you know, I could get on my console. But there's a couple older ones like um, I know, like Stalker. Which now that I think of it, I think I actually bought. I was at Micro Center recently, and I bought like Stalker, the second one, Pripyat, something. I bought that for like seven bucks. So I need to install that one on there. I just remembered I held that. But anywho. Yeah, and that's you get amnesia and then stream you playing amnesia. That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear your girl scream. Is that one on PS4? <laughs> no, amnesia is not. You're thinking of Outlast or whatever. Oh, it's okay. Yes, I am. Um, or until oh, wait, no, it wasn't until Dawn. It was um, Doma is the one, the new one from the amnesia people. Oh, that's a Xbox yeah, one, right? Yeah, it's thirty dollars too. So yeah, for digital only. Fuck that. I was like, nope. <laughs> that is too much. I wanted to rent Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, but then I've been reading all the reviews on it, and it looks like one of the worst games. Well, of that would be the reason. Yeah, that would be the reason to rent it I, like, not buy it. <laughs> I don't even want to like exert the effort to walk to the red box, rent it, install it, and then walk back the next day. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna check tomorrow and see if it's there, because like well, Chris said, they have a, a code. You type in and you can get any like next gen games for free all the way until Monday, which is really cool. I think you only get the first night free, but you could just take it back and you know re rent it or whatever. But so I think I'll take advantage of that. All right, anything else this exciting this week? Should we move ahead? Let's move ahead. It's October now, bitches. Hell yes, it is. Welcome to October and our first um, Halloween themed review. Went live this morning with um, Chris's uh, start of his Wes Craven uh, kind of in memoriam sequence of reviews. And so that one went live this morning and uh, we won't have one every single day. I'm shooting for every other day, though. And so make sure you check out the website for all of that. A lot of a lot of good reviews going up. And um, Chris is sticking with a lot of Wes Craven things. He'll add some more later uh, once he's done with his Wes Craven reviews. And then um, Ash is doing 70s horror. Um, he's already sent me one. So Exorcist will be going live eventually. And then Omen and yada, 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 all those. Um, and I am just kind of, you know, <laughs> wherever. Kind of. Well, no, you have themed. two reviews coming. Yep. I have I have a few coming. Yep. But that's just letterbox so now. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. But I'll have more. I just uh, haven't uh, haven't sat down and watched anything else yet. But it is now October. So once I win the Super Bowl, which I'll probably do tomorrow, because I am now playing Kansas City in the Super Bowl um, with my Los Angeles Red Dragons. After I do that, then I will definitely sit down and watch one of my horror movies on my letterbox list, which you can find in the show notes from... I think two weeks ago's episode or last. Yeah, two weeks ago episode. So check it out. All right. Let's jump into these reviews to the reason we are all here. We are going to start with Sense8 episode four entitled What's Going On? Now, this one is listed. I know, Ash, you talked about something in the first episode of the Sense8 series that each director had their own location that they filmed. Um, But... Mm -hmm. On IMDb, different directors listed for each episode, so I, I take what Ash said, that each area is directed by a certain person, but I'll still label who directed this according to IMDb, and this was labeled by Ty- Tom Tykwer, 
T-Y-K-W-E-R. So, all right, let's jump in. And, oh, and just to remind everybody, there are major spoilers on both these episodes, as there are every episode when we talk about TV series. Okay, so the very first thing that stood out to me, and it was the opening shot, was how well-framed it was. So you have Wolfgang and Felix sitting in the background. There's a mirror behind them, and you have the... the were they at a were they at a Holocaust Memorial Museum? I'm not sure. I th- I kind of thought it was just because of the fact that the the guy comes up the the Jewish guy comes up and he's like you know he like he likes to think here and then he talks about his mom and the first thing Wolfgang says yeah. it was you know was she a Holocaust victim and she he says no she was a Holocaust survivor and so they talk about that which led me, me led me to believe that maybe they were at a Holocaust museum but I could be completely wrong but whatever the case was there's these two pillars. So that made the frame real tight on um, Wolfgang and Felix. And I thought that was a really cool opening shot to the whole thing. And then even better is that theme stuck with it w- into the next scene that they were in with all the columns, that, that, that column theme that was uh, that imagery that the director decided upon worked really well because you have the library there where Wolfgang and Felix and the, and the, the old Jewish man were talking the very first shot of that. And I thought that was Really awesome. I don't know. Just stood out to me in, in the beginning of it. Um, from there, we move over to the. So, so, what do we find out there? We find out basically that Wolfgang and Felix are trying to sell half of the diamonds that they stole to this to this man. And then we move over. Um, we find out that Hindu wedding ceremonies they have no rings, which I thought was interesting. Um, and we get the the two wedding planners, which I thought were humorous. Um, and we find out that uh, Kala's soon to be husband. Even though most uh, in most men don't wear rings in India, apparently he wants that symbol to be on his hand so that everybody knows that he's in love with her. But you can obviously tell that Kala does not feel the same way. And, um, and then we move into Sun, who looked like she got beat up a lot worse than I expected, or than I remembered at least from the last episode or two episodes ago, whatever it was. And uh, she's got, you know, a bruised lip and her eyes all beat to shit. And well, so she, she took a beating when she noticed the guy laying on the ring floor. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, we, and this is when we find out that basically her father has always been closer to the son and basically has just uh, ignored her her whole life. Um, yeah. Anything that stands out to you guys in those first uh, first few scenes there that's worth wow. noting or that you didn't note? I fell asleep and then I had to rewatch it. I lasted <laughs> oh, five minutes. Oh man! And it was so bad. Netflix just shut itself off. <laughs> <laughs> so you've actually watched through the whole series according to Netflix, and then when it got to the end, it just shut itself off. <laughs> no, it, it does the. Ha- Are you still watching this? I know. You sleep I hate too that. Long? But if you just touch a bu- like, if you just construct or touch like the info button or anything, yeah, it won't do it. As long as there's some sort of activity on your controller. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because when I binge-watched whatever, probably Girl Meets World and uh, Spooksville, I mm-hmm. didn't get it any time on either show. Oh, okay. Of course, I pee like 800 times an hour, so... You pause it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Gotta go pee again! Right. Um, anything to add, Ash, or should we... No, um, I, uh, I, I liked that this episode deal dealt with uh, it's shifted focus and we got to see more of the other characters. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that um, my wife pointed out to me throughout the next, these two episodes is our Icelandic uh, Riley. Um, she doesn't do a whole lot. 
she just kind of stares off into space. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we do get a little bit of her, but it, it, it's like her character, like, she shows up a lot, but they don't really do much with her. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, that kind of annoyed me. Um, I, I think she's the focal point, though. Yeah. I think she's the strongest link of all of them. Yeah. And she's the one that's kind of like the center pillar. Right, where we're revolving around. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were thinking, too, that she's probably going to be the one that's most um, accepting of everything. Like, she just kind of falls into it and is like, okay. Yeah. And like, I made note in the, se- in the next episode that every time you see her and she is sharing a vision, she's always smiling. Like, you just, she's always happy and it's exciting for her. She's probably high. Well, <laughs> I mean, let's. Whatever the case lot. is, that could be, I guess. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I did like the, um, I loved the son's scenes throughout this, just mm-hmm. her dealing with a lot of this, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently she's really good with covering bruises up with makeup, too. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> I know. That was surprising how good she was, but, yeah. Um, cool, so we go, next we have, uh, Caffius's mom saying that she feels like she's a bad person because she takes all his money, and, um, I like when he leaves the house, again, he says, it's alright, because I feel like today... Today is going to be a great day. And that's what he said like the first episode when we first started meeting these people. Um, and so he just has such a positive energy about him. I just really like that character. Um, and he gets out there and the Van Damme bus is packed, which I love that. And then the old lady waves and she's got the ring on. I thought that was really cool. It just made me feel good. I thought that was humorous. I did like that. That was great. Um, there's In the next scene, I, I love this. So Felix has this this memory. It, it f- feels like it's a random memory at first. He looks down at his shoes and just stares at them. And he, then he tells a story about the first time he had sex when he was 14. Uh, you know, the girl was 16. And it just, by the end of it, he just felt like a new man. And, and for whatever reason, he just, things were different. He had to go buy new shoes. And so he gets into the house. He throws the bag of money down. And he says, you know what? I think it's time to buy new shoes. I just, I loved that. I wrote uh, perfect story and connection. I loved it. And I said, I'm sure Chris will hate it. What were your feelings on that story, Chris? Oh, I didn't hate it. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of like, okay, I see where this is going. Yeah. I liked it. I don't know. The, this, oh, so. yeah, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, this episode uh, made me real value um, the criminal storyline that they had going yes, on. Yes, I agree. A lot. Um on the other hand, they're doing they while they they're doing something different with it now that mm-hmm. they're getting away from the heist. Um, at the same time, they're making the same mistake amateurs make all the time by spending a shitload of money and partying. Yeah. I, granted, that I get the feeling that they party a lot anyway. But That's the thing because before they even playing it low key, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but. because even before, at the night before the funeral in the first episode, it was Felix and Wolfgang partying, and then he complains about his headache the next day. So I just feel like that's something they normally do. Yeah. But yeah, they go out and buy all these ugly-ass shoes and whatnot, too. So they're definitely not playing it low, I agree. Um, another character that I just absolutely love is Caffius's friend. I, I don't know his name. I don't remember his name. Yeah. But I, yeah. he's just funny, I, and like he's like dancing outside the bus, and then just keeps getting slapped in the face with the bushes as he's driving by before they pull up to the the cops and they stop him and, and pull Caffius to the back. I mean, he's just funny. I don't know. And then as as Caffius is walking away with the cops, he says, uh, one of the characters behind him says, "It seems he's not coming back." And his response is, "Van Dam always comes back." Just love it. I love how much they love Van Damme. I don't even love Van Damme, but I love him more now because of their connection with him. I just think it's awesome. 
then my favorite power trio. We get Lito, Daniello, and Hernando again. Um, so in this scene, I, I, I love the fact that, that Hernando gets the reaction he was wanting about his food from Daniela instead of from Lido. And then Lido's like, oh, no, it was good. And <laughs> as they're going on and on about how he needs to open a restaurant and yada, yada, yada. Um, just, uh, I don't know. I just, I enjoy their storyline. Though they weird that they sleep all in the same bed. That's what I was going to say. I was like, <laughs> I swear to God, they're like all fucking each other. Like, it's just something. I think they are. I, going uh, on there. I think they are. I think Thank they're you. all. Mm-hmm. They just kind of like, I think the guys just kind of acquiesce to her being there. And right. they're all just having one big orgy. Yeah. Triad. Every night. It's a yeah. triad. Triad. Yep. Gay lingo. When instead of having two people in a relationship, it's three. Oh, okay that's just a gay like that's a gay term that's not like anybody's like anybody know. said that it's, okay it's like a newish thing oh okay a triad i had a uh, this couple that comes into our where i work and they um they had a triad for a while and the girl got mad at the other girl and kicked her out but now they told us today that they were going out they went out somewhere last week to meet another girl and Went to the movies and yada, yada, yada. So they're all about the triad lifestyle. And that's See? a guy, uh, two girls and one guy. Yeah. Yep. Everybody does it, apparently. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it works for some. I, I don't Yeah, know. it does. Yeah, they all fill in their spots there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't say holes because that would have been inappropriate. <laughs> I just said spots. And we know how important that is to you to stay appropriate. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, you only have two holes, but now there's like, you're good. Good. <laughs> Spit roasting can be had by all. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Oh. So as Caffius is walking toward this black escalate as he's, as he's escorted out by the police um, to the, you know, he goes through the woods. They have, it's, it's slow motion and it's silence except for like this beating, which, you know, I thought was a really, uh, really, really cool moment. Really good scene. Film, it was filmed really well. And then he goes in and, and he knows, I don't know the guy's name, but it's the guy in the brown suit. He knows who he is. Clearly he's some giant uh you know crime boss of some sort and he basically recruits caffius because of the way he was able to kick those people's asses um a couple episodes back and so his you know his reputation precedes him as they say and so he gives him a job and basically it's just that that feeling of of um what's the word of um not being able to escape just that inescapable feeling it persists in a lot of different moments throughout this series I've noticed. And it happens again here because obviously Caffius can't, if he says no, he's going to walk out and they're going to kill him. If he says yes, then he's stuck. He's in this, you know, in this until he's basically killed one way or the other. And so it just felt like that, you know, in, in, that entrapment is just there. I, I can't think of the word I'm thinking. I know there's a the term, but I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss for it. Um, no inevitability i don't know yeah that's i mean that's what i wanted to say it's just like you know it, it was that feeling of inevitability was there that he was going to say yes because if he says no he's he's dead basically is what i thought I felt about it but um so then he sends him on this fetch quest basically you know you got to deliver this bag in order to get this medicine for your mom and you know of course because he's going to get this medicine to help his mom he's going to do it so he takes the bag and and leaves so then we see son and i feel like a lot is said without her saying anything. She's just sitting in the dark and she's smoking. Um, and then you could just tell, like I wrote that shit's about to go down. And so then her dad walks in and one of my favorite parts in this scene was his, her dad goes, you know, I hate when you smoke. 
and she takes this long ass drag and then just blows it out toward him. I thought it was perfect. I did love that. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily like smoking in general, but that was right. perfect. <laughs> it was an excellent use of the prop. Absolutely. Um, okay. And then so then she reveals that someone has been embezzling money and that she knows that someone's going to jail for it. And so my initial thought was that the dad and the brother set her up and that she knows that she's about to go to jail for it. That's that's what I wrote down. That's what I expected. What did you guys think was going on in that scene? Anything at all or you just let it go? Well, at first I thought she was confronting him about doing it. And then I realized yeah. it was the brother who was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I I didn't know where they were going, whether, whether she was going to force the dad to you know, confront her brother or if she was going to take the fall or, or what. Right. I never, I never thought that she was implicated. I always assumed that it was the brother who, who was ultimately responsible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, like I said, I thought it was going to be the dad and the brother working together to set her up just because that's kind of the way it felt like it was going in, at this point. What about you, Chris? Did you have any thoughts about that at all or no? Uh, no, but I, I just pretty much assumed she was going to end up taking the fall because of, the culture and everything there and really things, things that, yeah i don't know i just this whole show is typical <laughs> threw me for a loop <laughs> it follows its own predestined structure <laughs> it needs to do point a point b and then end at points but i don't know i just i'm liking point a to point b <laughs> and we'll see if i like to point c it doesn't have to i don't know it just doesn't have to do doesn't have to sway too much from the beaten path i guess to still to still surprise me but okay so then uh we find out that nomi um basically this doctor he says that you know i know you know the person who set the fire you know who is it they're not helping you and you're supposed to go into surgery tomorrow morning but fuck fuck it you're going tonight and so they're like prepper for surgery i just like how the fuck does this guy work as a doctor like he is just nuts just absolutely nuts and then sun shows up uh outside this brothel and kicks the bouncer's ass, which I thought was hilarious. And um, then we have a the montage like uh, between Will and Son. Son's looking for a brother in the brothel, and Will's. Um, I, I wrote that he was leaving the police station. He was actually walking to the the feds area. He was being like escorted through the the feds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. And so, um, and then he she you know up, uh, approaches her uh, or confronts her drunk brother and just tries to get him to come back with her. And then the brother just pushes the girl off of him and the girl falls to the ground that was uh, like he was kissing on and whatever. And I thought, wow, just what, what an asshole character that is. But he's about to get his. So sort of at least. And so then we meet this new cop um, that knows Will's dad and knows Will, um, but really knows his dad is how they, you know, are friends and he's trying to get this personal favor done. And the cop looks around. And he's like, does this look like a place that gives a fuck about personal favors? And so uh, basically Will's just trying to speak with Jonas. But um, it won't happen. And then all of a sudden Jonas pops up. And so Jonas like starts trying to explain it a little bit. Um, but I think it's it gets kind of uh, confusing at this point. I almost feel like the show's better off not explaining it. Just let it happen. Do you agree? Or do you want to know how it's happening? Well, it- well, yeah, but it, it kind of sounds like there's different factions of eight. Yes. Yeah, because he's like, I forget what he says, but only your eight can share while the others can do visitation, visiting or whatever. 
Yeah, they yeah. Sharing is basically sharing is when they're sharing knowledge and stuff like that. Where Sun went in and jumped in and shared how to kick those guys' ass with Capio. Um, mm-hmm. and then visiting was what they were doing, where anybody can come in and talk. Okay, but, but they can't access everybody in the group like everyone else can. Right, that makes sense. I can see that. Um, and that's interesting. I like that. Okay. Um, and so, uh, Jonah or Jonas rather warns Will again that he has to say no, has to save Nomi in order to save himself. And so that's when, um, you know, later on, uh, Will's going to get in the car and trying to figure out who this person is. And then they have, you know, his vision with Nomi. Um, oh yeah, that was the other thing. Um, Jonah, yeah, well, I pointed out anybody can within the cluster can talk to each other type of thing, mm-hmm. share and visit. Um, uh, but yeah, Jonas actually had to go meet Nomi and oh, Will, uh, right. uh, to and make eye contact. Yes, I and, exactly and meet them at least physically once before he could visit. Right. Yep. I remember that now. Absolutely, because that's what he was talking about with the eye contact. I didn't connect the fact that Nomi had to do it as well. But you're absolutely right, because that's she falls off the motorcycle when she sees him. So yeah, good catch. Good catch. Um. All right, so then we find out that Sun suggests that she's going to take the fall for her brother's um, embezzling, which, which blew my mind. Like bullshit. But... And I thought it was absolute horseshit. Yeah. Like, I want her to just fucking, like, disappear off the grid and just become an underground fighter. Like, that's what I want for her, because I think that would be awesome. But I can't, I, I hope she doesn't, but it looks like she's going to as we go along here. Um, I like the scene where uh, Kalau wakes up and she sees the two people fucking. But they're actually in Riley's world. I think it's the I think it's Tom Riddle and the Australian chick that were having sex. But Kala actually sees it, and uh, I thought that was humorous just because it's so different from what her world has been so far, and so it was just kind of jarring. But I thought it was really cool, and really humorous. Um, so yeah, I thought that was hilarious. He was just totally unprepared for that. <laughs> right, right. Meanwhile, Riley's just like, Ugh. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she just leaves. Um, but this sets up what is my absolute favorite part of the of the uh, episode is she goes on the hill and she starts playing um what's going on and is that what the t- song's called i don't even know i think it has to be because that was the name of the episode and it was what they say in the song all the time i'm assuming that's the name of the song uh, uh, it's yeah it is what's going on yeah okay and so they're all all the sensates start hearing this same song and i thought it was done really really well um Oh, and that's when I wrote down, I really feel like Danielle is joining in other sex sessions because that's when we see the three of them sleeping together. But uh, aside from that, we get um, Kala and Wolfgang. It's kind of the big moment in this montage of things here. So they start singing together and they, you know, they're obviously visiting and seeing each other and they start singing together. And it's clear that they're falling for each other and they're about to kiss. But there's a reason for that, and that's because they can they can read each other at the same time while they're doing that. So, like, because Wolfgang mentions in the next episode, you know, what's going through her head that we already know because she was when she was praying to that to the god. So, right, absolutely, yeah. And I think it's interesting because like <laughs> her sister walks in, Kala's sister, and says, "What you know, Kala, you were singing in English and dancing." And so I think this. And it happens in the next episode as well. So basically, the characters are actually speaking their language in the world of the film, but it's just in English so that the audience doesn't have to read subtitles is what I'm getting. Because when the characters are together, 
then we get subtitles because we have somebody speaking Korean and we have somebody speaking English. And so then we get the subtitles and we'll even speak Korean. Stupid. And it's irritating. I was just like, are you kidding? Like, I don't know. It's, it annoyed me. Like that entire aspect. Annoyed me. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I'm over it. I, I, if I don't have to read the subtitles. Oh, well, like I, I understand that it's some of the dialects, like the, the old Jewish man at the beginning of this episode was just difficult to understand. And I think if they had subtitles there, it would have been it easier. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, it's it suspension of disbelief. No, it's not. No, you're absolutely. It's not supposed to. It's <laughs> suspension of disbelief. Like it's just a, a choice that they've made. It, they did it in um, Hunt for Red October. They have never Connery. Seen that movie. They have him speaking Russian in the beginning of the film, and then all of a sudden it changes to English. And so it's just under. So the audience understands that yes, these characters are speaking Russian, but so we don't have to have subtitles the whole film because that's going to turn off their audience. I've never seen it. Here's English. Okay. Well, that's uh, what they do there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It works. It works really well in that movie, the way they do it. The transition yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so then we get Will, and he wakes up with this IV on his arm. I don't know why, but it was really trippy to me that Will's waking up with this IV on his arm. And obviously, it's because he's um, having this you know, visitation with, with Nomi. And so then he uses his lockpicking skills that we learned about in the beginning of one of the episodes where he talks about when he was a kid, he or we actually saw that he picked the lock of his dad's handcuffs. He uses those skills to get Nomi out of the hospital. Um, what surprised me, though, was the fact that she's running out. And then all of a sudden, um, Almanita is there dressed up as a like a medical assistant or a nurse. And then she like takes her out. I don't know that that part threw me off was why was why was she there? To just get to get know. Nomi. Oh, I, I think she was planning. She didn't know that Nomi was going to be having the surgery that night, but mm-hmm. uh, because they changed it up. But I think she was getting in there to get her out of there that yeah. night. That was the impression I got, and I cheered. Uh, I was like, "Yes!" Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, the minute Will actually managed to get her out of those, so that was right. well. yeah, that was like kick-ass moment. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, I like redeemed himself. Right, yeah, I like his reaction. He just starts. He like laughs and says, "What just happened?" Like it's just all so, I don't know, overwhelming that all he can do is laugh. And it's, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool, really genuine. Another really genuine acting moment from from the show, and I thought it was awesome. And then Riley, she's singing her song. She maybe she's high, like Chris said. She's singing her song, and then she turns, and there's Nomi just staring at her, singing with her, and she just keeps going. It's just like, oh, okay, now there's someone here singing with me. Let's let's do it. Let's sing. And so then they just keep singing what's going on. I mean, it's just so perfect. And then the music's playing and then um, Nomi just keeps repeating, you know, what's going on? What, what's going on? It is just so perfect to her situation, obviously. Um, and it's just another episode that as it went to black, I had goosebumps. I, I just absolutely fucking loved it. The music was just awesome. So cool. So that is uh, episode four. So Ash, what are your overall thoughts on episode four? I loved it. I loved yeah. this episode. Um, we got to play with new characters, stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. great. I like that. Um, and they they dealt with a lot of the stuff that have been building up in some good ways. So I like that. Definitely. And what about you, Chris? What were your thoughts on episode four? Well, it's better than the last, well, at least the last episode. I don't remember the second episode. Okay. I just blocked that out of my head. Again, the language thing just annoyed the shit out of me. I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Nied. It pissed um, in your cornflakes and it's not coming back. It did. I, you know, I was all excited that from Sun in the last episode and now 
the way her plot line's going now, I'm like, ugh, don't care. And the, is it Kali? Kala, whatever her name Kala? is. Kala? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like her. Her storyline can go away too. <laughs> her storyline finally got interesting to me because of the fact that she met up with Wolfgang and is clearly um, at least intrigued, if not infatuated, with Wolfgang at this point. And so that's why her story's gotten interesting to me. But, but yeah, I just go ahead. Um, do you have uh, some help? No, it's just this episode is all just putting everything back into place and trying to like it's the needed. It's basically what Scream's aftermath episode should have been. <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't remember which episode that was. It was after Riley died. But oh, okay. Just putting all the pieces in the correct places, and I don't know. But again, yeah. the language thing annoyed me, and the change, the shifting of Sun's character, her plotline just. But uh, I find it interesting now that everyone either has like a quote unquote dirty past mm-hmm. or they're doing unsavory things now. Yeah. Except yeah, for there's there's one character, um, the Kali, but now she's kind of like infatuated. So or and the actor, he hasn't really done anything yet right. that I can remember. But everyone else has a little somebody behind them. Yeah, and that's kind of the that's what I was trying to point out in the last episode. But the connection I was making wasn't a good one, wasn't strong. But that's that same idea that they all just have, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever the sordid past. But yeah, and I just you know I I absolutely I'm loving the show up to this point. Like it's it's just trippy. It's beautiful to watch. The the music is awesome, uh, and they I wrote that they always find a way to astonish me. Um, and this week was. Uh, excellent or this episode i guess i should say was excellent it's just pitch perfect to me um i absolutely love it and i cannot wait to get on to episode five entitled art is like religion and this one was directed it was listed as the directed by james mcteague m-c-t-e-i-g-u-e all right so let's jump in here so at the very beginning it was kind of strange i mean you had this the music that was playing was a stark difference to what was going on in the, in the two scenes we were we had scenes with Lido and Son um but it it, it was it, like it was different but it wasn't so different that it was trying to make a point to me it just seemed like an odd choice do, do you know what i mean mm, i don't remember the music to be okay. honest it was i can't remember what it was but it was like some i feel like it was some like m- like country mexican type thing i don't know it was just strange but anyway um so we get we get Lido and Son who they they see each other in the mirror and I thought that was a pretty comedic scene. Um, I like Lido because he's always like, "Did you see that? Did you see that?" Like he's not keeping it to himself. He wants to know if the people around him saw it, and uh, obviously they don't. And so he's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Um, and then we find out that Will gets reamed out by his boss for going to the feds and talking and asking to talk about Jonas. Um, and then Wolfgang goes to visit his uncle, and so basically his uncle suspects. That he was the one, that Wolfgang was the one that stole the diamonds. He, you know, um, and he even says it, it would be an irony of Shakespearean proportions if his son fucked his life by cracking the same safe his father couldn't. And obviously they're talking about the S&D safe. safe. And so he, clearly his uncle knows that um, we find out that his, that Wolfgang's cousin has been complaining and whining to Wolfgang's uncle, his father, about the fact that, you know, he tried to steal these diamonds and they weren't there. Someone someone got them before him. And so later on, him and Felix, are they're talking about it at the bar and Felix kind of gets a little loud and talking about, oh, where are my diamonds? Whining like the, like the cousin. And it looked like to me that the guy behind them was like eavesdropping on their conversation. Did you notice that at all? Uh, a little bit, but... 
I don't think it was any more than regular bar conversations, them doing that. Yeah, when I first saw it, I thought to myself, oh, they're going to be fucked. Like something that's going to come up something, you know what I mean? But then as it went on, they never talked about it, never touched on it. I was, I feel like I was wrong. Like it's not. It's just something I noticed that wouldn't, that didn't mean anything, I guess. Um, and then we have uh, Caffius. He's walking through Mumbai and he has this vision with Riley. Um, and that's when I said like every time this happens that Riley just gets so happy. Um, and, and, and Caffius is happy as well. Cause he's, he looks down and he sees the tea. He's like English tea. Like, you know, can I try it? And so he can even taste the tea, which was a, a new sense that's being used amongst the sensate was the, the sense of taste. And I thought that was interesting. Taste is a sense, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure it sound like a jackass, but I, I ended up doing it anyway. So there's that. Um, and then this leads to the moment where the group approaches Caffius and they're like, give me the bag. And he's like, I can't do that. And they're like, give me the bag. And so he drops it down and he does that thing with his leg and then he's about ready to fight. And I wanted so badly for him to kick their asses, but instead he jumps up and screams and falls on the ground and it was hilarious. But then he gets his ass beat and they take the bag and I felt bad for him. But I, I, I didn't ca- I don't know exactly what he said. But whatever he said had to be a Van Dam quote. Did you guys hear it right before he was about to try kicking their asses? Um, I didn't. I don't remember the quote, but I almost for sure thought it was a Van Dam quote. Yeah, it like it had to be just because that's just who he is. But so we get Leto. He's trying to add depth to his character, but the director's like, "No, like, what do you? No, like, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it." And then Leto gets ready to film the scene, and they do it, and then he just starts crying. And the director says, lighten up. This is a movie, for God's sakes. Oh, which I thought was really funny. I, so, the one thing, oh, what, <laughs> this director, yeah, uh, he, to me, is like the Mexican Michael Bay. Uh, <laughs> just, yes. just from the scenes that we've seen, right. I, like, I could just picture Michael Bay on set being this guy. Uh, you know, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, yeah. <laughs> like the, especially in the gunfight scene later on. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> what well, I, I wrote down the line, I'll jump to it now. Cause it's hilarious. He goes, um, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a bone. I'll have a hard on for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Like, oh, yeah. how was it? I've got a hard on that's going to last all week. I mean, this is so funny to me. I fucking loved him. He's hilarious. And so, yeah. um, um, I wrote down, man, Lee was going through some shit, you know, emotionally. And then it hit me later on cause he's in the car later on and he's just like freaking out at everybody with all this road rage and just talking to his boyfriend. And, and then it hit me that Lido, the like he just gets the emotion from the other characters more so than any of the other sensates. That's what he takes on is their emotion. In the first episode, he was horny, you know, and he had that, that sense of being horny. And then, here he's feeling what son's feeling he's going because son is clearly going through a lot but she's not really displaying it outwardly it's all in- well, there's another thing too okay what is it she's having her period oh how did how did you how did you know that because she, she pulled out a tampon yeah she grabs a tampon <laughs> first thing in the episode like right when after she goes she goes to the bathroom then she gets a disgusted look on her face and pulls out a tampon I completely fucking missed that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just it's not just her emotional state he's picking up on. It's yeah. The PMS. Her, her PMS. Her, well, not necessarily PMS. Oh, but yeah. Full period. Is, right. He's yeah. Because like he mentioned his stomach's all cramping up, mm-hmm. and he's just all like, oh my. And yeah. 
bloated and everything else. I think my favorite part of that whole sequence, though, is when he's stuck in traffic and that guy cuts him off. And he's like, you, you know, you, I remember you, you mustachioed villain. <laughs> he's like screaming at that dude. I lost it. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, and it was, it was a funny sequence. I, I was half expecting it, them to do it, but mm-hmm. them picking Leto to do it was just, that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm so mad I missed that, but that's, that's really funny. I'm glad you pointed it out. Thank you. Um, so we get Kala. Um, they're talking about how perfect her husband is for her. I'm like, I'm sick of hearing how perfect this husband is for her. I, so I can't even imagine how sick of it she is. Um, and then we get uh, Sun's teacher. He tells her, you know, whatever's going on, just just decide. Make a decision and, and do it. And then come see me. Um, and then we get the scene with Caffius and the um, uh, freaking out in the car. And that's when he sees son and he just starts yelling at son and you know and he, she's like i'm not crying and he's like you're not crying like i'm not yelling and it was hilarious and so they're freaking out and then he gets into the car accident which man oh man i don't know there he's just funny to me he cracks me up he's, he's a really good actor and then we go to caffius he breaks the back window of the car and takes the bag back and then he runs away with the bag and then we got will um, who's on the phone with Nomi's mom trying to figure out where she is. And then all of a sudden, um, Nomi visits and hears her mom talking about her. And she's just, her mom, she's such a piece of shit. Um, and, but yes. then, yes, she is. Yeah. But then Almanita walks up and that snaps um, Nomi back. And I just note, man, and Almanita is so gorgeous. She's a beautiful, beautiful actress. And I think she is covering an accent. Do you know? Have you seen She is anything? British. Okay. That's what I thought. She was, um, the first time I saw Freema was, uh, Doctor Who, actually. She was ten second companion. Okay. She's so. gorgeous, though. Um, she, her, the quote that she says, I loved, um, impossibility is a kiss away from reality. I just loved it. I think the writing is so good. There's so many just quotes in here that I just want to write down and, and keep. I think they're awesome. Um, Chris, any thoughts so far on this episode? Not really. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, I didn't want to be cutting you off is all. So we have, um, so Kala and the ladies are talking and yada, yada, yada. Oh, and then basically the important part of this scene is that her dad brings her this dessert. And then Nomi's like, you know, so- something's wrong because I took a sip of this and the first sip tasted like coffee. And the second sip tastes like an, like an incredible, incredibly sweet dessert. Um, and so obviously she's, you know, having a feeling with that, sharing a feeling with um, Kala of eating the dessert that her dad made her. And they basically bring up the fact that either the doctor's lying or the doctor's telling the truth, but they don't know. And Nomi is really unsure about it. She's, you know, keep questioning, what if he's right? What if he is right? And I am going crazy, which given what she's been going through, you know, it's just, she could be crazy. Um, And so that they basically decide they're not sure which, but they're going to figure it out. And then Caffius gets to the point where he's supposed to deliver the package, his bag, and turns out that it was just a test. And so he's delivering the bag back to the brown suit man. And the guy opens it up and it's actually just two coconuts. And he's like, you know, I just needed to make sure if you went this far for two coconuts, I need, you're definitely the man I need for the job. And so he gets the medicine for his mom and he's all excited and he leaves. And then we have, oh, I wrote down that Kalan Wolfgang are about to share a vision again. Um, and, then, and then they did. And... He's going to the bathroom at the bar 
and he hears Kala. And so he thinks that there's a woman in the bathroom and she thinks that there's a man in her bathroom. He, she's like, you wandered up here, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so they're trying to find each other. But I love the fact that Kala recognizes his voice and says, you know, you were the man who was in my dreams, who I was singing with in my dreams. And so clearly he has stuck with her, which is why, you know, I believe that she is, you know, falling for him and whatever falling for him or just, you know, being infatuated with him, whatever the case is. Uh, clearly that's something that plays up because of the end of this episode, obviously. But um, did you guys, okay, I missed this part uh, between Will and his partner, his partner, he said he pulled up something and he gets this picture of this boy on the screen, but I have no idea what he pulled up to get that picture or who that boy was in the picture. Do, do you guys at all? Like that scene was just unclear to me. Did it make sense to you? I didn't even register it. Okay. Uh, I I remember the scene, but I honestly I was confused what he was looking at there. Yeah. Okay. I was too. I, at first, I thought it was the boy he rescued, but then obviously that's it wasn't because it was a much younger boy who ran out of the house later on. But um, so we find out that the cops are like basically all around Amanita's place, and so they have to go somewhere else, which they find somewhere else to go, and so they're gonna go there, I guess. Um, and then. Um, Will and Leto start swapping places and Will is go walking up to a house wherever that that boy's house for why I don't know but that's what he's doing he's walking trying to you know interrogate the boy that the picture of the picture they pulled up and so he knocks on the door and opens it or the person opens it and it's Leto standing in front of him and Leto's obviously he's doing this um he's filming the the shootout scene which I thought was really cool it was a really good uh, shootout scene like I want to see that scene done uh, in its uh, final final phase I think it would be a really good shootout scene um, and then we have Sun and uh, Caffius swapping they're both walking down their respective cities and then they swap and so all of a sudden Sun's walking through Bombay or Mumbai rather and um, Caffius is walking through South Korea and so they have a long conversation this is the longest like visitation I've seen so far. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know what that means, but maybe nothing, but who knows? But I like that um, Sun's like, I just want to believe this is a hallucination. And he's like, okay. And then they, she walks away, but then he pops up again. Um, and so what I like about these two is that they're kind of, they're stuck in a, in a very similar situation. Where they're going to either hurt themselves, Sun by saying she did the embezzling, or um, Caffius by agreeing to join this brown guy or brown suit man's um, gang, or they're going to hurt the one they love. Obviously, Caffius he says no, then his mom doesn't get the medicine, and if um, Sun says no, then her brother goes to jail. But that's not really the one she loves; it's her mom because she promised her mom that she would protect the family right before her mom died. And so they talk about, you know, then you'd be lying. Your last words to your mother would have been a lie. And so that's what leads to later on. Um, and then we get to Kala's wedding day. And I just put it down. Holy shit, that looks like an expensive wedding. I want to go to an Indian wedding. That shit looks fun. Would you be disappointed if they didn't jump out into a musical number, though? Oh, you bet your fucking ass I would. Absolutely. And if it didn't start raining, I would be even more mad. <laughs> so somebody invite me to an Indian wedding and make that shit happen. Um, so what kills me about this scene with Kala though, and the whole thing with Kala is, is, is her face is telling the story that she is clearly unhappy with what's going on here, but nobody catches on. It's either they don't catch on or they don't care like the family around them. 
And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just so aggravating to me. And I think it just adds to the fact that I just want to get the hell away from her marriage storyline and get to her and, and Wolfgang. Cause I think it's just so much more interesting. But so we get um, Riley and Will share again as Kala and her soon to be husband take their seven steps, is what they're calling it. Um, and really, we see everyone during this montage. Um, Sun gives her teacher this dog, um, which leads me to believe that, you know, she's going to take the blame for her brother and that she's, you know, going to be gone for a while, um, which I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe she's just going to be gone for a while. But I feel like if she was going to be gone, that the teacher is one that she would stay with because then she could continue to do her fighting. Um, and then we also see that uh, Almanita's apartment's been trashed. And then we get Wolfgang. I didn't know like those th- like a uh, naked pool just existed. I didn't know that happened. Like people just go swimming naked in pools all the time. <laughs> News to me. And there so um, he's swimming and then he gets out and they finish seven steps. And then all of a sudden he's he's butt ass naked and he appears with Kala and says, what are you doing? You don't love him. And then Kala faints and he faints backwards, I think is what happened. He probably falls back into the water or whatever. But we get a penis shot. Wang. Wang, wang, wang alert. It was pretty good. So. (laughs) (laughs) I give it a solid eight. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad you like that. And then episode five comes to an end. All right. So. And at that point, I'm really pissed that we are watching them piecemeal like this and I can't just keep going because ah, I would have already yes. finished the show twice over by now. Exactly. That's pretty much what I wrote. So I'll go over my thoughts. I said, yeah, this is this was a much different episode than I expected. And the ending was significantly different than any we've had before it, I feel like. Usually the episodes end with some sort of like action or some sort of violence. But instead, this one ends with, with a lot less fanfare. Um, like it's a good episode. But it's the first that I can say that I feel like not a lot happened. Um, the story really didn't advance at all with this episode, which really surprised me. Um, and it's a bit of a shame, but it happens. You know, it's still an excellent series that I am absolutely in love with. So don't get me wrong there. Um, it just makes me wish that I could hit play on the next episode right now. Um, just so I could have some ac- action, you know, as we move forward as right now, as opposed to waiting a week or in our case, waiting, you know, a few days. But Mine's usually about a week, so I I agree with you 100%, Ash. Um, Chris, what were your thoughts on on episode five? Uh, I agree. Nothing really happened. It's mm-hmm. definitely kind of like a filler episode. Yeah. But I mean, it's again, we're what, five episodes in, and it's just it's slowly building towards something. It's just not giving us any idea what that something is. Exactly. It's still not clear what that'll be. Yeah. And what about you, Ash? Overall thoughts for episode five? Uh, I like this episode actually. Um, quite a bit there. At the same time, there wasn't a lot going on, but at the same time, there was in that we got a lot of character conversation. I think uh, we got to get in both Soons and um, uh, Van Dam's head. Caffius, uh, yeah, yeah, Caffius. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, just from their conversation, which was fantastic. Um, so, and I, I did like the uh, the whole wedding sequence was interesting too. Uh, I did like that. I thought, yeah, um, it was just really well filmed. The sets, the costumes, everything was really well done with that scene. So, but uh, yeah, overall, I liked this episode. I, mm-hmm. I, I realized that we weren't going to have a lot of episodes. There was going to be a couple episodes that not a lot went on. I actually thought there was more going on in this one than a couple of the other ones. Really that we've had um to me at least but 
Yeah, so like on IMDb, I go in and rate every episode. Like this episode, I gave a seven. It was the first one. Every other episode's been an eight except for episode four, which I gave a nine because I thought that was just – I loved that episode. Um, music. I'm such a sucker for the music, and that one really got me. I just loved it. But All right. Any other thoughts on the series thus far? Five episodes in? No. Okay. So obviously we'll watch the – oh, let me say this, I guess, before we move on. I think we will appreciate – these episodes more once we're in once we're in like season three season four season five because we really these episodes are the episodes that we're really getting to know these characters and we're starting to get uh just a lot more about their background and depth into these characters which is something we may not appreciate right now or ash obviously you do but and i do it's just I, I it's just a little different than what I've been used to, I guess, up to this point. But I feel like I will really appreciate this once we're later in the series and they can use this, this, you know, this breeding ground type episodes as um, a way to drive the story forward once we get further on. So I think it's I think these are definitely worth it. And I don't I'm not saying the series will go that long. I don't know that it will, but uh, I mean, it might not have enough steam to go that long. I have no idea, but we'll see. So Excellent. What else? I guess that is it. Thank you, guys. That was no fun. Problem. Uh, anyone who is following along Smarmy Jerk Faces 31 and 31 Challenge, make sure you send him his emails because you can get entered in to win a whole shit ton of movies. So definitely do that. He's just put his last video up today, which I'll just do another shout out to him. I thought his his series was excellent again this year. Um, I enjoyed this year more than any of the previous years I've watched. So it was really cool. So make sure you guys, you can still check it out. It was season eight. So if you didn't see it, check it out. He's on YouTube and um, Twitter. He's on Twitter at Samarmy Jerkface. You can just scroll through his timeline and find it. And you can play the entire playlist to watch all 31 or probably 32 videos, I guess it would have been because he did the, the finale video today as well. So definitely check that out. It's a great series for horror fans like us. All right. So. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ash, for being here again tonight. And thank you, everyone who listened in. We always appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Yeah.